0: When most people think of South African music, they probably hear something like this. Or maybe this. But definitely not this. Hello. Josh Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Today, we're going to tell the little-known story of punk in South Africa. We're working with filmmaker Keith Jones, who released a documentary entitled Punk in Africa. Although far from the streets of London and New York where the music was born, punk's rebellious attitude and do-it-yourself philosophy connected powerfully with South Africa's youth in the 1970s and 80s igniting a movement that would fly in the face of the oppressive apartheid regime. But to understand how and why South African punk evolved, we need to first take a look at the unlikely soil from which it grew. The Horst Wendy Orchestra. Well, during the 1960s, music like this made up much of the mainstream of white pop in South Africa. The 1950s had seen an explosive growth of South African popular music styles. But as the apartheid era began to take hold, intense restrictions were placed on black, mixed-race and colored musicians. And a program of forced removals destroyed the multiracial urban enclaves in which the music had thrived. By the way, that's colored, C-O-L-O-U-R-E-D, a term still in use in South Africa, but more on that later. All of this turmoil brought a period of great creativity to an early end. By the mid-60s, white South Africans were increasingly cut off from the jive, jazz, and bakanga, popular in the fast-growing black townships. Ah, yes, classic township jive. I love this. Georges Colinet with you on Afro Pop Worldwide's Punk in Africa. The isolation of musical communities in apartheid era South Africa was made worse by the state's repressive control of all media outlets. Radio was subject to particularly heavy censorship, with records banned for little or no reason and musicians forced to play within strictly defined ethnic categories. During the 60s, popular music in South Africa did not become a force for social change as it did elsewhere during those turbulent years. Still, records from around the world were available if you knew where to look. They were imported by independent shop owners in the less-traveled downtown areas and devoured by teens, eager for anything that challenged the whitewashed reality of, uh, well... South Africa, what's your favourite meal? Bright
1: place! Weather? Sunshine! And
0: what's your greatest car, South Africa? Chevrolet! Let's see, that bright place, rugby, sunny skies and Chevrolet, huh? Right! Well, you sure sound like
1: South Africa to me.
0: But government censorship was essentially successful. The country lagged far behind Europe and America in developing anything resembling a white counterculture. South Africa's cultural isolation was a double-edged sword. It restricted access, but... It also created a demand for groups to cover the cutting-edge sounds of England and the U.S. And little by little, South Africa developed its own garage rock sound through a network of local dance halls and amateur bands. That's the A-Cads, a band who, along with groups like the Flames and the Invaders, made a living playing fuzzed-up covers of imported 45s. The hunger for the raw strains of rock and roll was by no means confined to South Africa's white communities. Mixed-race bands, like the Invaders, were highly popular among the colored youth along the south coast of the Cape. You can read more about South African garage rock and hear more of these bands in our interview with Keith Jones on Afropop.org. And now, The Invaders! with No Money, No Honey. Hmm. While these groups would come to be a vital influence on South African punk, the early 70s saw something of a lull. The rock music imported from overseas had changed, moving increasingly towards heavy guitars and slower tempos. The country may have missed the unrest of the 60s, but by every measure, 1976 was a turning point. June of that year saw the Soweto Uprising, in which thousands of African school children took to the streets to protest the introduction of Afrikaans as the primary language of instruction. The South African state responded with a violent crackdown. Hundreds died in the ensuing rioting. And in its wake, the struggle for freedom took a new and ominous tone. Musically, 76 saw another explosion, the international eruption of punk as the music of disconsolate youth the world over.
2: I don't wanna talk about
3: a Johnny Raptor. I don't wanna talk about a Sid Vicious, I don't
2: wanna talk about a just drama. Just wanna talk about
0: about me the band that holds claim to being the first me? punk group in South Africa is Durban's wild Youth. influenced by South African garage rock me? they played a style that was musically similar but laced with a ferocious anger that their predecessors barely hinted at
2: Welcome,
0: up. Wild Juice. well, may have been the first. But in many ways, the most impressive band of punk's early days in South Africa was National Wake. The band first came together at the jam session between Ivan Kelly, who would become the group's rhythm guitarist and singer, and the brothers Gary and Panka Kosa, Soweto-based musicians, who had cut their teeth playing in R&B and funk groups like the Flaming Souls and the Monks, we talked with guitarist Ivan Kady about the band's earliest days.
1: There was a meeting, you know, it worked on many levels. The music we made really had, had soul and it had spirit and you know, there was something happening there. As I've said many times, there wasn't any ideology involved, just we knew this was an incredible thing we could do together and it actually just broke through all the barriers and all the impossibilities one imagined and we made this music.
0: National Wakes Musical Union quickly bore fruit. With the help of the brothers' contacts in Johannesburg, the band started getting gigs throughout the metropolitan area, playing to mixed-race audiences in both black and white clubs. The band became road-tested, hardened by the sheer difficulty of defying the legal restrictions against such racial mingling, both in the audience and on stage. Ivan links the band's determination to bypass these regulations to the DIY attitude of punk.
1: The attitude of just getting up and making your music, not actually having to be part of the establishment. I mean, National Wake really came out of nowhere. On the music scene in uh, South Africa, we got our first gigs and there was an immediate response. There was one music magazine in South Africa at the time, and I think our second gig, they put us on the cover, which was sort of crazy because we were suddenly right out there, announced ourselves, it was very punk.
0: In many ways, the musical highlight of this early period can be heard in National Wake's classic track, International News, an impassioned assault on the South African government's refusal to admit the life-or-death struggle being waged all across Southern Africa.
1: It's about censorship. It's about the way the government controlled the news. It's also about going into Soweto and there would always be this smoke from the wood fires. There'd be like a blanket of smoke over Soweto. The song starts with they put a blanket over Soweto and it's really about a news blackout. Then you'd go to the movies and you'd know what was happening in the country and in the townships and it's right 20 miles away. And there'd be this apparent calm and you'd watch newsreels and what they'd show you would be horse jumping in the UK or a yachting race between South America and Cape Town. So that song's about all of that. And it's also about, you know, time's coming when just they're just gonna put a blanket on everything.
0: You can read more from our interview with Ivan Keddy at afropop.org. While as furious as these early recordings sound, they do contain an element of hope, pointing out the injustices of society is only worthwhile if the problems have some chance of being solved. The members of National Wake truly believe that they embodied the possibility of a newly joyous South Africa. However, as the 80s progressed and the pace of killings, bombings, detentions, disappearances accelerated, these hopes began to fade, replaced by an anguished awareness of the implacable violence tearing the society apart. Naturally, the music grew darker as well, taking on an apocalyptic intensity that connected with national wakes increasingly powerful embrace of reggae grooves. In Africa? Well, soon after recording their sole album, 1981's National Wake, the band dissolved, collapsing under the pressure of their increasing notoriety and the frequent police harassment that came with it. Even after breaking up, National Wake's legacy helped to ensure the continued growth of South African alternative music. Taking the recording system that the band had acquired during its career, Ivan, together with Lloyd Ross, guitarist from the punk band Radio Rats, launched a label called Shifty Records. (laughs) Like that. The idea of Shifty was to document the remarkable variety of South African music, sounds that would never have been recorded by more traditional labels. Shifty built a mobile studio and began to travel around the country, making recordings along the way. Ivan left Shifty early in its history, But the label went on to release records by the next generation of South African punk groups. One key group in the story of Shifty Records was the Kalahari Surfers, led by Warwick Sonny. Warwick became the label's chief engineer, recording many of its early releases. Inspired by his introductions to the deep bass of dub reggae, Warwick developed a music full of endless taped crews and streaked with echoing percussion, drawn from his enormous collection of traditional Southern African instruments. Now, let's hear the song Treason, a gem from the Kalahari Surfers' long standing collaboration with Soweto protest poet Leserho Rampolo Keng.
4: Humanity has been hanged for treason when it hammered tyranny to reason. I became a bullet fired from a gun in the bush, well, as is said, undone. Thus, I emerged from a rhyme of hunger, making the rhythm of anger. I remember they dismembered Darcy in September. Without root they invested in the death of the truth of root Vest. Through the fallen leaves of our lives, I hear the pita-peta beat of the hectic heart of Hector Peterson. Prophetic after poetic stanza rolled before it was ripped from stanza, Bobabe. Dexterous in the making of liquid pain and bloody rain Putrid brains liquidated David Webster From the muddy brown waters of this time Fishers of men fished out the prime of The zombie crew drew Andrew Zondor Yellow-livered fire from the tummy of hell Made me yell when it fell on Terminial Unbounded though hounded Unvanquished and angered Victory-bound I march brave From the grave of Victoria Mrenge. For no actor, not even an Oscar getter Can capture, let alone better they are rapture
0: when they fracture and puncture Oscar Beta. Lesejo Rampolo Kang and the Kalahari surfers with Treason on Afropop Worldwide Spunk in Africa. The heavy beat and political fire of reggae made it an obvious point of reference for the growing underground. Fusing all of that with the swing of township jive. And the energy of punk proved a productive avenue for musical exploration. One early group to embrace this fusion was the Dynamics. The young band went into overdrive when it drafted in Winston Nyonda, a veteran saxophone player from the township Mbakanga scene. Armed with a two-man horn section, the group became a favorite of many clubs based in Joburg's bohemian mecca of Yeovil. Here's the Dynamics with One Plus One. That is Corporal Punishment with their 1980 track, Brain Damage. The band was an early project of guitarist and singer James Phillips, who would later come to be a prominent figure in the Volfre Tour, an alternative Afrikaans movement and one of the most influential and fascinating outgrowths of the South African punk scene. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Volvary reflected the growing alienation of young Afrikaners from the segregationist ideas of their parents' generation, and the movement posed a cultural challenge to the core principle of apartheid. While the brother Volvary movement spilled over into the arts and literature, much of its most exciting early expression came through music. And of that music, little was as shockingly aggressive as Coos, Formed as outright agitprop, Kous harnessed the angular violence of post-punk and wed it to an uncompromising political vision. Listen to their track, In Detention, a chilling description of the ways in which the apartheid security apparatus would disappear activists. That was Coos. One of the most popular groups in the Volvary movement were the Genuines, hailing from Cape Town. Highly skilled colored musicians, their exploration of the musical roots of Afrikaans culture is a perfect example of the ways in which punk engaged with South Africa's complex history. That is a track from an album that the Genuines recorded with the legendary bandleader Mr. Mack, the father of the Genuines guitarist and founder Mac McKenzie. The Afrikaans language first developed among the so-called colored communities of the Cape, racially diverse groups of mixed Malaysian, Indian, Khoisan and Dutch ancestry. Afrikaans speaking groups all over South Africa share this set of cultural roots, a deep tradition of folk music that stretches back centuries. The Genuines mixed all of that with the energy of punk rock. Max says that the musical legacy is powerfully alive in the music of the Genuines.
5: The Guma sound was the minstrels walking in the street, a load of guitars, people walking with a double bass or a big cello, plucking it, carrying it like a guitar and drums. Not many drums, and little tambourines without shakers on, and voices. And that was a completely different sound to today. Today's Guma sound is a little bit like a Salvation Army band. By that time, it was more sibilant. lots of rhythm. And those backhands that those guys had was art for me. It was my third or fourth attempt to start my own band, but now I was going to call the band The Genuines, and we're going to play rock music straight, we write a whole lot of rock songs and bring our jazz chords and abilities to the rock world because the, the cats out here were playing rock, but it was very elementary. From a musician's point of view, it was really nice music, but what we brought was extra nice major seventh here, minor seventh, flat and fifth over there to bring out some sexiness into rock music. And then we put the jazz into another bag for when we needed to play jazz. My idea was to play only Guma music and rock music.
0: It's no wonder that the Genuines were known as the fastest band in South Africa. Thankfully, Apartheid finally fell in 1994, and a new South Africa was born. Unfortunately for the underground, this meant that the cultural floodgates to the outside world that had been kept tightly sealed by Apartheid were thrown wide open. As a result, an enormous wash of previously banned Western material entered the nation, and it took years before a new underground would re-emerge. When it did, it was in a newly opened Southern Africa, where bands and sounds could travel with previously unimaginable freedom. Now, punk spread quickly with scenes developing throughout the region.
2: Emu no Akati, you wanna teach you what Are you G
0: Wow, I love those classy guitar lines, but I've never heard them with that kind of distortion. That was Evicted, a modern group from Zimbabwe that fuses the classic sounds of Shona Roots music with the fire of punk rock. The fall of apartheid allowed South Africans to return to Africa and the world. They were no longer apart. And now, musicians from neighboring countries would also have access to South Africa's active music scene. One of the most successful bands to make this transition was 340ML, a group of musicians from Mozambique who came together in Joburg. Dance music for us wasn't really a house or whatever. Dance
5: music for us is oh. marrabienta, mm. which is, and the kind of the beat that we got used to It is a beat that we end up kind of using in ska music which is that same kind of like dancing and and the guitar
0: plays a really important part. Mixing punk dub funk with the laid-back tropical groove. 340 ml created a global stew. Listen to Make It Happen from their album Sorry for the Delay. Remember the dynamics from earlier in the program? Well, the fusion of punk, reggae, and jive did not end with them. The 90s saw a worldwide resurgence of ska music, and South Africa had its own part in this revival. Although this music is definitely influenced by sounds of 90s punk coming from overseas, It derives its distinctive South African character from its roots in jive and goma rhythms. The result is an impressive fusion, moving between styles and continents with ease.
3: Mystic, what a big-
0: That's African Sun from the band Hog, Hoggity Hog. (laughs) Over time, it has become their anthem and its lyrics express the pride of being South African. Black, white or colored, as they say. Finally, we're excited to bring you the sounds of fruits and veggies. How about that? One of Durban's most exciting new groups. Listen to their track without a guai or scent. And put any worries about the ongoing strength of South Africa's punk scene to rest. And remember, if you want to hear more tracks of Southern Africa's modern punk, well, be sure to check out the feature of this show on Afropop.org. an attitude. And for those who don't know, Gwaii is South African slang for a cigarette. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Now, here's something to think about. Our educated, globally curious audience of decision-makers and community leaders could be an excellent match for products and services from your company. 70% of public radio listeners think positively of companies that underwrite their favourite programmes. For local sponsorship, contact your station. For national, email us at sponsor at Well now punk may have found an enduring home in contemporary southern Africa but it would be wrong to end this show without remembering the pioneering musicians who fought so long and braved so much to help end the injustice of apartheid. This one National Week's Everybody Loves Freedom goes out to all of you. Freedom by National Wake. Thanks to Keith Jones and Ivan Kelly for their help with this program. Visit Afropop.org for more on Punk in Africa. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Sam Backer. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan and Michael Johnson. Banding Air edits our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richmond, and I'm Georges Colinet.